It's the Hamp and OP Show. Falcons start from their 36 following the missed field goal off the fake to Curley. Ryan going deep for Ridley. He makes the catch inside the 10 to 5. Second and goal. Ryan end zone. Touchdown. From the 2 as Trubisky throws. Touchdown Jimmy Graham. Trubisky's pass is picked off. Brady Ray Wilson. And we see the Bears taking over with Nick Foles. Foles on third down to the end zone. It is Graham again. His second touchdown today. Catch is made by Robinson and he breaks free. Allen Robinson takes it all the way for a Bears touchdown. The Bears are ready in field goal range. The pass is caught in the end zone for a touchdown by Anthony Miller. We're up all night to get lucky. Camp and OB. You cannot give up 97-yard touchdown How is it possible that you could be on a 6 And then you miss the tackle. Yeah. You go in there like a punk. Not put your head down. One time do you throw to somebody. One time. OB got closer to These guys see football their own way. Dan Hampton. You need discipline. You need some toughness. Shame on you, Chicago Bears. And Ed Obradovich. I am so aggravated. No. This guy, I've... I've I, I, I can't... I, 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 flabbergasted is the word, OB. It's the Hamp and OB Show, brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado. Drive what Hamp drives, Chevy. With you till 10 o'clock tonight, celebrating the 3-0 and Chicago Bears, the Nick Foles... Chicago Bear era is here. Dan Hampton, you lost a bet at the start of the year that you should have won, but at least now you're getting to see the quarterback you thought was going to start week one. Amen. And, you know, I I, I will de- uh, demand a refund at some point. I'm sure I'll get it from one Ed Obradovich who sits five feet from me here. I have an uh, answer for you. Like hell you will. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm just telling you this, OB, that white Silverado floated into the city today after watching what we saw yesterday. And First of all, folks, hey, 3-0 is 3-0, and we're, we're tickled beyond belief that, first and foremost, Matt Nagy proved that he has the you-know-what to be able to, to make a decision and then stuck with it, and at some point, you know that it's going to pay dividends after what we saw yesterday afternoon down in Atlanta. One thing first, you know, look. Everybody goes, well, don't, you know, feel sorry for Trubisky and he, oh, oh, it sucked. Hey, hey, kid, you're getting a paycheck. You had an amazing opportunity. Things haven't worked out for you. We got it. And you're going to have, you're going to have a, a, a platform to contribute. So stick around, stay in it. And you know what? The Bears would be smart, and they they possibly could put together like uh, that uh, the kid down in New Orleans with uh, the you know the read option and that whole package. Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill, and you know bring him in and do some different things with him. So you know, don't feel sorry for Trubisky. He he got uh, you know. Uh, 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 Put in an amazing position, and you know, Ob, so much uh, of life is about, you know, making the most of your opportunities, and that's why I go back to Nagy. We've taken him to task over the last couple of years, but you know what? He had seen enough, and at no point in the last couple of years did he feel good about benching Trubisky because he didn't have a plan B. But now, due to the fact that they have gotten the coaches. 
the, around the quarterback position, meaning John DeFilippo is the quarterback coach and Bill Lazor is the offensive coordinator. They had seen enough. They told Nagy, we cannot go any further. And they made the move. And guess what? It came out smelling like roses. Well, you know, the 3-0 and start, and sometimes the schedule is what a schedule is. And, and I'll tell you what. For the Bears, and I brought this up when he originally started this season a couple of two, three weeks ago, was those first teams. The first six teams we played, none of them made the playoffs. Not a one of them. And we started out with that Detroit. That was a that was an easy win. Oh, excuse me. Should have been an easy win, but it went down to basically a miracle finish at the end of the game. Then we come home, we play the Giants. And that came down to a miracle at the end of the game for us to win that game, 2-0. Then we go down to Atlanta. We play there. They finally make a decision. They go with the backup quarterback, so to speak, Nick Foles. He comes in, and he pulls off a fourth-quarter miracle, throws three touchdowns. We're behind by 16 points, and he pulls it out. Now, I made a a thing a, a few weeks ago. You know, if you think you can, you will. And the way this is starting out, we're now 3-0. and Now we have the Colts coming up this coming week. And then after that, it's the Buccaneers. Okay, it's going to start to get a little tougher now. Those first three games were, thank God we got the three wins. Because we got the Colts, the Buccaneers, the Packers, the Rams, the Saints, the Titans, the Vikings, the Packers, the Lions, the Texans. So you're saying preseason is over. (laughs) Jaguar. And the last game on uh, January 3rd is against the Packers. First six games, or the first four, three or four games here, we we really got a chance. But then again, Dan, you know, sometimes uh, you think you can and and you will. You think you can't, and it's never going to happen. So maybe these guys are feeling good about them. These coaches are feeling good about it. They feel good about the change. Let's see what happens. Colts aren't uh, Colts aren't a pushover though, but I'll tell you what, it's going to start to get tougher and tougher, folks, each week. And let's see if these kids can meet the challenge. Let's see if they can grow up and play Super Bowl football. Why not? Three one two. Why not? Indeed. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred is the phone number for Hamp and Ob with you till ten o'clock tonight. Glenn Kozlowski joining us at eight. Adam Hogue will be with us at nine. Hamp and Ob brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. and Dan Hampton's truck, the truck that he floated in on today, the Chevy Silverado Drive. What Hamp drives Chevy. Uh, the Colts, by the way, are a three-point favorite. They open up at three, three and a half point favorite at Soldier Field, which is pretty interesting. So that is something. And here I'll give you another stat, OB, that you might enjoy, or everybody should enjoy, really. If you look at teams that start three and O, oh, they don't all make the playoffs, but seventy-four percent of them do. If we go back to nineteen ninety, which I believe was Dan Hampton's last year playing the game, so. 74%, you start 3-0, and you, you make the playoffs. This team should absolutely be in the playoffs okay. when this thing is over. Here's the one thing that this head coach and our offensive coordinator and our quarterback coach got to get set, got really get set straight in the mind of Nick Foles. And in their own minds, when you get down into that red zone, which is basically supposedly the 20-yard line in, I like to think it's the 35-yard line on in. The first time this past week, we were start first and 10 on the 28-yard line. Our opponent's 28 going in. Not one time. 
Not one time in well, those four downs, obviously, and we kick a field goal or attempted to. We did not go into the end zone. Lo and behold, we get the ball. A couple times later, we go down. We're on 23-yard line. Not one time, again, did we go into the end zone to score a touchdown. Now, if you want to talk about a philosophy change, that has to change because that has been here since Nagy has been here. He settled for a field goal, whatever. I, I don't understand it. I, I, I never will understand it. You look at every other team and they're firing into the end zone trying to put six on the board. That philosophy has to change. When we get down in that red zone or near it, for God's sakes, one out of the three downs try to score a touchdown. Not one time in those two first two first two drives or three drives, whatever it was, down into the enemy's area. And what do we do? We do not try to get the ball in the zone to score. That's got to change. And Illinois. that is exactly why we saw Nick Foles come into the game. And we saw him repeatedly go into the end zone, hitting Anthony Miller. He said, hey, go to the L. There was a big A-T-L in the end zone. Basically, he said, run a slant at the L. I will hit you. Touchdown, game, set, match. The other uh, time into the end zone. It, Dan, but, but what Alan I said- Robinson, he threw it in there, and the, and the DB – wrestled the ball from him and Robinson's done that two weeks in a row letting you know the the defender wrestle it away from him he's got to get in the weight room just like Mark Carmen he's you know you, just like when you had the meatball good point Hamp. uh just a minute ago and you wrestled it away from him I mean it was like taking candy from a baby Thank but you, Bartolini's but oh it was fantastic by the way we'll get to them in a second but guys here's exactly the problem and the cure the reason we don't go into the end zone with said Trubisky at the quarterback position is they do not trust him. They know that he is ill-equipped to make the decision on time and make the accurate throw where down at the end zone, everything is compressed. They don't have to defend 80 yards. They've only got the end zone to, to defend, so there's bodies everywhere. The bottom line is Nick Foles is not only, in my mind, competent, but a premier quarterback and decision maker. We saw it yesterday. All right. I have a question about what you just said. Can you hold it until we come back from break? uh, No. If, in fact, that's true, if, in fact, what you just said about Trubisky is true, they knew that he couldn't make that play, then my question is to you and whoever else, what the hell is he doing on this team? Why did you take my bet and and take the $100 from me? Because it was easy. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, I knew that the, he didn't have the capabilities, and yet they still started him. And that's why the team changed possession yesterday. It is now not... At, uh, I'm not uh, arguing about that. Uh, I'm hey. saying what you're saying is that they don't trust him on the 20-yard, 25-yard line to throw the ball into the end zone. And then my so my things back to you is then what the hell is he doing on this football team? I told you, case, that's Matt what Nagy. It is. Matt Nagy took control of the team yesterday and put a quarterback in that is capable. Ryan Pace, sorry, your guy out the window. All right, now can we take a quick time out? Let's and give, do it. Let's go three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. It is Hamp and Ob. We're with you till ten. We welcome your calls. I think we're building a bridge to. 
the playoffs slash the Super Bowl slash the you, Nick Foles. You, ne- you never know. What's you the, never, they're 3-0 now. Exactly right. You never know. Quick timeout, 720 WGN. Hey, 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 Jeff Vukovic. Back. Vuk! He's back in the WGN huddle. He knows the insurance biz. He prides himself in doing it right. Nationwide is on your side. Check out JeffVuk.com. Vuk! Nationwide is on your side. OB. It really came down to, you know, we were down by a little a bit. And, and by the way, Vuk and uh, just going out there playing ball, trusting guys, watching the defense, watching the secondary, getting us the good plays if we need be, and executing. You know, the way I approach the game is one play at a time. So it's not easy coming in cold like that. But if you can approach it with the mindset, hey, just one play at a time, you can't get all the points back in one throw, um, that helps a lot. You are not allowed to talk over the greatest quarterback. I don't know. I guess since Jay Cutler. That's kind of disgusting. But uh, that was Nick Foles, Dan Hampton. There's there's a certain presence to Nick Foles. Am I missing something here? He's, he, he, there's a I'm not a cockiness or confidence rather. I, I, it's yeah, how I he won a Super Bowl. Well, there we go. Okay, I mean, anything hey, else be, need to be said? Well, even more so. And I I brought this up many times, folks. Remember back just two years ago, <clears throat> we were big favorites over the Philadelphia Eagles coming into Chicago. Off of a Super Bowl, normally teams are wore out and ragged by that time because they've had to play everybody's best game. Just like tonight, the Baltimore Ravens are going to give Kansas City their best shot. Everybody wants to beat the champ, right, OB? Absolutely. Well, guess what? We got the number one hot, hotty toddy defense, and Nick Foles takes the ball and goes 16 plays, 56 yards, 65 yards in the final minutes of the game and converts a two point uh, conversion and beats us. So I'm just saying, your point about this guy has a presence, it's earned. It wasn't given, it wasn't drafted, it was by his play on the NFL gridiron. Three, one, two, Let me nine. ask you a question, big man. Is Pace going to survive? And when his season's over, win, lose, or draw, from what, what decision he made and what he gave up in that draft to move up to Trubisky and what you've seen, the people that were there, he could have taken at, at no cost. Do you think he'll be here next year? If this I'm team, serious when I'm asking yes, that question. If this team wins then he will retain his position. But I'm just telling you, depends on how everything goes, but you know and I know, think of the decisions. The decision to sign Glennon and then move up, give away the world for Trubisky, and then Glennon falls on his face. And then you played Trubisky to no you know, great avail. And now in his fourth year, Trubisky proving play after play, down after down, and game after game that he just doesn't get it. Boy, I tell you what, you put that with Kevin White and a bunch of the other first-round, second-round busts like Shaheen, it's going to be hard for him to keep his job if they don't make the playoffs. Well, uh, that's my point, and I'm going to tell you something, Dan. I, I I said it, what, last week or a couple weeks ago, both you guys jumped on me. Even if they get into the playoffs, I'm not so sure that Pace's job is secure. But here, here, you can't make the blunders that this guy has made. You can't. You're using OB logic, though. You're not thinking like George McCaskey wants to think. You really think they want? He wants to go back to square one and redo this whole thing. That's how I look at it. You can't go back. But here's here's this is the forward guys, not backwards. No, that's fair. Listen, Trubisky moved the team. They get down. They stall in the red zone. A couple of field goals. We fall behind. He throws that one idiotic interception. That was enough. I could not believe 
that Nagy had the stones to say, I've seen enough. Normally it would take two or three interceptions. That's when he said, I coach the team, not you, Ryan Pace. I'm playing the players and the player, Nick Foles, that gives us a chance to win. He took possession of the team. So this is going to get real interesting. I'll tell you what. If, in fact, what you say is correct, Dan, I'm all for it. Because if he, if he did that on his own volition, and I'm talking about Nagy, a part of what Pace said or did or whatever their conversations have been the last few years, then I, you know what? Kudos to Nagy. If, in fact, what you're saying is true. And, and guess what? The hidden hand was the fact that they went and signed Foles and they got Bill Lazor to run the offense, very competent, and uh, John D. Filippo, the quarterback coach. The three of them now, as a triad, basically said, we've seen enough. And that's why the decision was made. What do you make of Mitchell Trubisky being told that he was out of the game by Bill Lazor and not Matt Nagy? Does that... Nagy's supposed to watch the game. You can't be over there powder puffing uh, with the He's player. He's the head coach. Yeah. Like, why do you hire Lazor? Why do you or D. Filippo? Why do you hire him? That's okay. part of their job. But yeah. that's his guy. They, they, it's an emotional moment for Mitch. He's being taken out of the game. That's the problem. Everybody's hey, coddling him. Football for God's sake. He was Ohio's. He was Ohio Player of the Year. Ohio State did not even recruit him. Uh, hey, listen, I'm t- and he didn't start until his senior. I'm just telling you, he's been coddled. Uh, okay, yes, but how hard is? No, don't coddle. It's not him. like you're. T- Taking Aaron Rodgers out of the game. How about Matt Nagy? You're out. That's not coddling him. That's just telling him face to face, head coach to, to quarterback. No, hey, this isn't kindergarten, buddy. Okay, this is called the NFL. Yeah, not for long. Yeah, this friend. is not for long. NFL. Yeah, this isn't Akron. This is the NF. You know what? <laughs> and guess what? It's high time that we think about this. We're going to talk a little bit about the loss of uh, uh, the Tariq Cohen. Uh, Tariq Cohen. And that's a loss. There's no question about it. He has a value and a purpose. And unfortunately, he's injured now. But every team deals with injuries. But think about this. Akeem Hicks, who played his best game in about a year and a half. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Guess what? He has a right to have the coach, not the general manager play his pet, has a right for the coach to give him the best players on both sides of the ball to help him win. So his efforts aren't wasted. You better believe the, those guys in the locker room driving home last night, they're shaking their heads saying, wow, this is big. This is a good thing. That might feel just a little bit like a guy who was playing a Hall of Fame career at defensive line and maybe perhaps had some games where the quarterback was not the Bingo. best choice. <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> Didn't take a rocket sighted to come through that one. All right, hey, we'll take calls after 7.30. We appreciate you hanging in there. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Hampton will be with you till 10 o'clock tonight. Kyle's coming up at 8. Adam Hogue at 9. Thank you to Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering. Family owned and operated. And they offer the best Italian cuisine in Chicagoland. We just crushed a solid Bartolini. My beautiful meal. wife said, please, bring a container back with a couple of meatballs. I have to hear. I mean, I've, after hearing about it for, for years. I know. Sorry, Excuse OB, me. when you look no. the other way, you I scarfed a tray is what you did. Nobody has that's, that's, nobody has to know everything. You don't have to tell everybody all you know, Obi. That was that's plus a, you took the lasagna and the chicken wings. Wait a minute, what about that apple pie thing? Wow. That's a good husband. All right, seven thirty check of news on seven twenty WGN. In regards to uh Tariq Cohen, 
obviously a tough loss, um, you know, with com- the confirmation of the, of, uh, of his injury, the ACL, I just, you know, you, you love the kid and he's worked hard to get to this point, but he'll be in our corner. We'll be in his corner. They are going to miss Tariq Cohn and he's been a great soldier for the bears pro bowler, all of it. Uh, but I, I'm a little optimistic that they can, they can cover it. Where are you guys at on the impact of missing him for the rest of the year with the ACL tear? Well, he's always a danger on special teams. So that's that's a that's a for sure. And out of that back, kick right? backs yeah. or uh, tell you what, he's uh, he, he could be a threat. And if they'd actually use him as a slot back and put him in motion, he'd be a lot more effective. Hampo, you think this is going to impact the offense? You, you you can't get better or be as good as you you could be without a player like him. I mean, he gives you a dimension and and. An advantage. We saw the twenty-yard gain, you know, on the arrow route, and you know, can we find other backs that can do that? Maybe not. But I, all I know is that he is not the core of the offense. So, I mean, can we? We'll miss him, but we can overcome the loss. Well, the one thing about about Cohen, the fact is, he has phenomenal quickness, and when you're running a pass pattern, or you're trying to make an in sweep. Quickness is so important because you got to get separation, whether you have the ball in your hand or you're in a pass route to get away. And that kid is as quick as a cat, and that's what the Bears will miss. I will mention that uh, there's an undrafted free agent of the Bears signed by the name of Artavius Pierce. And he's out of Oregon State. He's on their practice squad. I think he's going to get an opportunity now. And I was watching tape on him today. Pretty exciting. Super. So just, just mark it down. You heard it here on Hampton OB. Carmen told you Artavius Pierce. You haven't heard that before. 312-981-7200. Matt, my Uber driver, thank you for being patient, my friend. Welcome to Hampton OB on 720 WGN. You're up first, Matt. Oh, King Carm and the fellow Knights. Uh, folks, I am happy you're back. I was really worried that we weren't going to do this this year, and we are. Uh, here's my question for you. In the annals of Bears quarterback history, We've had some really good quarterbacks and some really terrible quarterbacks. I guess my question is, A, where does Trubisky fall? And B, is he at least better than Jay Cutler? Where does Mitchell Trubisky fall in the history of Bear quarterbacks, Uber driver, Matt? That's a, that is a tall task for the show to undertake right now. Hey, you guys want to, want to try to tackle well, that one? It's pretty simple. You know, at the bottom, and OB has has beat the drum about this one fact. <laughs> we have a Super Bowl quality defense. The core of our defense is good enough to go to and win a Super Bowl, but they can't do it all themselves. And Trubisky has essentially hindered them most of the last two years that we have been in a position where we, with a viable offense, we could not only. Make it happen. Again, Nick Foles drove that ball 65 yards in the end of the fourth quarter. But guess what? Our offense did virtually nothing the entire game. Finally, in the fourth, five minutes to go in the third quarter, they basically said, hey, start throwing the ball down the field. And remember, he hit Javon Wims and a few other guys, and we moved the ball, and we started to score. We started to be better. But you can't do it 20 minutes of a 60-minute game. And so where does he rank? Number one, he's a squanderer. 
we've had a lot of good opportunity that has been squandered by him holding us back. Now, that being said, is it over? I'll tell you this. I think he's making $19 million this year, OB. There's, nobody's going to sign him to a contract for $19 million or $20 million or $25 million. He, he, he would have to take a huge pay cut and realize he has to continue to toil and try to figure out how to read and, and, and defenses and deliver the ball. We've seen him... One out of every five opportunities do it. That's not that's not good enough. It'll get you beat. Dan, he, he came in to the NFL with two problems. One, he's not an accurate passer. And number two, he can't read defenses. And and what backs something like that up is after last season, first thing out of Nagy's, when he has his report to the press, first thing out of Nagy's mouth was he's going to take him the entire offseason and work with him and show him and teach him how to look and how to read and how to define defenses. So you got your head coach making that statement. But that kid came in with those two problems. And that's why he didn't he played backup for two years at North Carolina to a quarterback who when he graduated never even got drafted in the NFL. He only played one year. One year. The whole thing's ridiculous. By the way, he's not making that much this year. He's making nine point two million this year, according to uh, the cap sheet that I'm looking at right now. Well, I'll tell you what, he better save his money. And here's another thing: I'll, I'll go so far as to say, do and I would love to ask anybody out there: Do you really believe that that kid's going to be starting quarterback somewhere in the National Football League? He will be a backup at best. And now and it, I don't know with who either. Now you've seen people. Doug Flutie was with us in '86. He was a bust out. He went to Canada, figured it out, came back, played in the NFL quite a while, and was effective. Same thing with Ryan Tannehill, who busted out in Miami. Now in in uh, Tennessee, they went and they beat Baltimore, and they they you know they gave Kansas City the what for. The point is, yes, you can. But you can't hold a team hostage waiting for it. This team, as you said many times, OB, this defense, it's getting older by the minute. That means Akeem Hicks and, and Khalil Mack and the rest of these guys, I'm just saying. The window's closing. Yep. You know. Yeah, and you, that's why we don't have time. And, and, and okay, and, and to his, to it, unfortunate uh, circumstance, there was no OTAs, there was no preseason, none of that stuff this year, so he could try and improve his reading skills and his throwing skills, all that stuff. So, hey, that's why I was shocked when Nagy basically said, we've seen enough, we're pulling the plug. That was huge. 312-981-7200, the phone number here at 720 WGN Hampton OB till 10. Brian, welcome. Go ahead, my friend. How are you? First time caller. All right, Brian. All right, Brian. Hey, and I, I feel so cool that I'm talking with the legend, the Dalamo man. What's happening? <laughs> bad out, baby. Bad out. You're I the man. feel like, hey, oh, now see, you talk about that, that thing when uh, Foles comes out on the field. We call it the it factor. It's called that ice water vein, fiery-eyed, pissed-off blue-collar chip on both shoulders, bare throwback football, which is our standard here in the Windy City, baby. That's just how we roll. And see, that that's kind of aura, if you will, 
that exuded when the man stepped on the field, and I'm glad he's wearing number nine. Hey, you, it, that's it's so contagious. So immediately, everything clicked. The defense, everybody just got clicked up because that's what we are. We're bare in the trenches. We ain't crying and whining, and this guy comes out with the ice water and the fire in the eyes. I love Mitch. God knows we all do. Beautiful human being. He hasn't quite clicked from the college level into the NFL ball era of how to get it done. You know, we get it done. Hey, Danimo, uh, Mr. Hampton, uh, 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 you know, you you come from when we just got it done. You and Nick Michael and those guys, you just got it done. Nobody cried. And you had that pissed-off look in your eyes. Look at uh, Montgomery. Now, check it out. I noticed this immediately when he came on the scene. Ten if seconds, Brian. Whenever the, huh? <laughs> Give me your best. What, what's left in the in the holster here? Give me your, your best ten seconds. Go ahead, my friend. Um, by the way, we do have a, uh, a transcript of Brian's call that we can uh, make available to you after the show. Curtis will work on that. Brian, what else you got? Anything? Well, here's the thing. It's that throwback ball. Jim McMahon don't get the credit he should get. Number nine was a winner. And that's all it's about. The ice water, you get it done, you win. Mitch didn't have the fire in his eyes for, for whatever reason. And we got it now, my friend. Bowles is a winner. There we Love go. you, man. Dynamo. Love you, Brian. Love you, Brian. Brian's awesome. You Thank know what? You. you know what, Brian? He's right. Brian brought up, he said, talking about the fire. He says he never saw it in Mitch's eyes. And there's a lot of truth to that. It was, a, a lot of people were kind of just paying attention to Mitch's reaction when he was sitting on the sidelines yesterday. And they had, he wouldn't take off the helmet, right? And he's just kind of sitting there staring out. He's realizing, I, I thought he was realizing, my opportunity to start in the National Football League just came to an end. And this is what I agree he, with you. I agree with you. Like, I've been working for this my whole life, or and I had my shot. And it just like that, it's over until you couldn't give a kid a better shot than this kid. Oh, he had it all. Yeah, he, he had, had been over backwards, forwards, sideways, upside down, any way you want to lead this kid and try to make him into a first-rate NFL quarterback. It's not there. It's yeah. just not there. And and folks, and I'm not trying to you know minimize his career, whatever. I'm just saying, you know and I know that, just like Brian said, you can tell there's a look, there's a certain way they are approaching the game and how they play the game. Completely different, and you cannot hold a team hostage forever. I think it is well past those times when we say, okay, Mitch, we appreciate it, but we got to move on. You know, the one thing that I admired about Foles, he would in between plays. He's talking to his players, specific players. When he got off on the bench, they saw him. There he was, leaning over, bending over, talking to a certain lineman, talking to a receiver. That's nice to see communication. That's a that's a that's a very positive thing to do when you are the quarterback in the National Football League to go to your players and tell them how much you mean to them. Not a. a Dollar to a donut. I'll tell you what. That's what he was telling. And he was looking at the uh, the, the 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 tablet. He was 
He's a professional, folks. We're, we were actually watching a professional quarterback. Thank the Lord. <laughs> I, I put that down in my notes, by the way. Foles all over the sidelines. I knew you were going to – I thought you would appreciate he that. Was. Bit. He was. He was. He was all that. over and it, he sucked. Yep. And that's huge. Yep, no question. All right, quick timeout, 312-981-7200. Cause is coming up after 8 o'clock. Get your calls next at 720 WGN. And we see the Bears taking over with Nick Foles at the helm. Look, Trubisky looked uncomfortable sitting in the pocket. 48 career starts in the NFL for Nick Foles. Second down and six. Passes caught by Jimmy Graham for a Bears first down to the Atlanta 45-yard line. That was the first pass for Nick Foles in a Bears uniform. Interesting, or not necessarily interesting, but Jimmy Graham is interesting. Six catches yesterday, 60 yards, a couple of touchdowns. They are Correct me if I'm wrong here, Dan Hampton and O'Bradwich. They are using him right. Well, finally, we have a competent tight end to go with a competent quarterback. Now, remember what we talked about this offense for the last two, three years. It is rooted and based in very efficient throws, especially to the tight end. Look at what's going on in Kansas City tonight. They're throwing it to the tight end. Kelsey, they're th- the same thing in Philadelphia. Part of the reason why uh, Wentz is, is struggling is people are taking away the tight end and there's no receivers that can get open. So Nick Foles being rooted in this offense, the Andy Reid you know, coaching tree, he understands that the tight end is always viable. And Jimmy Graham was targeted nine times, caught six. We know about the touchdown, but that catch, that catch right there that emboldens and, co- and gives the confidence to your quarterback, it's priceless. 312-981-7200. I'm instructed by Ed Obradovich to go to the phones, and that is what we will do. Stephen in Skokie, you've been waiting patiently. Welcome to WGN. Go ahead, Stephen. Uh, congratulations to the Bears for victory number three. Yay! I have a question. The Bears were losing 26 to 10, and they scored a touchdown, and they went for the two-point conversion. Doesn't make any sense. Could you uh, uh, put some light on that? What does it make sense about it to you, Stephen? Why didn't they just go for the one-point conversion? They would have been down by nine points. But if, if they go for two, they're down eight. Then if they score a touchdown, they can tie it up, right? Yeah, see, two times eight. 16. Now, and you have to also remember, going for two, I don't know what the percentage of success in the NFL is, but they have to, at that moment, in, in place in time, on the road, in the second half, being down, they had to figure that scoring another touchdown and going for two is a lot easier than scoring twice more, okay? So they were basically making the most out of their opportunities. Now, in the first quarter, no, you wouldn't do it. But at that moment in time, that's when you have to say, we're going to go with a plan that gives us eight points on both drives. We're back in the game at 26-all. What was interesting to me, it was 26-10. They've got fourth and goal at the 17. You kick a field goal, you're within two scores. They go for it, and Foles throws a beauty to Miller, who drops it. But I'm like, would you have gone for it on fourth down if 10 was still quarterbacking? I don't think they would have. And that shows a ton of confidence. And I thought, kind of crazy, Who's too. Who's calling the place? Well, I, I, Who's the offensive coordinator? Uh, Bill Lazor. They, they, they saw that, that play. It was open in the first half. And let's make no pretense about Atlanta being a very good defense. They knew it was available if They're you had plays. 
Well, they knew if you had a quarterback capable of throwing the, the, the proper pass at the proper time, it would be open. That, that, see that, that is, it's a tide shift and not only the quarterback positions performance, but now how they can draw up offensive game plans. They don't have to have the muzzle on. They can take the handcuffs off. They can be the offense Ed Pradovich has begged them to be throwing the ball down the field. So when you guys were watching that, you thought it was a good decision to go for it, fourth and goal at the 17, down to, down 16? You know what, quite honestly, at that moment in time, I, I said, this is amazing. I, I, I You know what, come on. We all if were, I was, yeah, if I was I, I, I playing on the team, if I was on that defensive yeah, team. You would have said kick the field goal. No. Really? I, yeah, go for it. You know, we haven't done a damn thing, and we're struggling, and we're winning by miracles. And that that shows me that, ah, uh-uh, maybe there's a philosophy change here. They got cantaloupes. Uh, all right. Okay. I, I, maybe I got to get out of the turtle here. Okay. Yeah, quick timeout. We'll get news coming up. Cause after that, 720 WGN. Was uh, was the interception there on third down. Third down at eight. Lubisky's pass is picked off. Lee Ray Wilson. We were struggling on third down a lot. We weren't producing points in the red zone. You know, I just think that sometimes there's a gut feeling as to when to do it. And that, that just that seemed like the right time. Camp and OB. Good for you, Matt Nagy. You take care of number number one. You take care of the team. By the way, that'll imagine if that pass was dropped. Who knows what we'd be sitting here, right? We we need to we we need to say thank you to the Atlanta Falcons for picking off uh, Mitchell Trubisky and our man Mr. Wilson there for being there. Hampton will be by the way. Until 10 o'clock, we're going to bring in our guy, the Cosman, Glenn Kozlowski, joining the show. Kozzy, how are you? I've never been better. And by the way, guys, <laughs> I've, I've never had a better day than I had today. All my West Coast buddies giving me grief about, oh, the Bears are lucky and blah, 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 blah. And then yesterday, I filled it a bunch of calls are going, how do these guys keep winning? And I explained it really simple. I have a buddy named Jim Bowen. He's a Southside guy, Ed. You understand uh, Southsiders because you're a Southsider yourself. And they're just tough. And they don't take grief. And if you look at Bobo, I call him Bobo. He's not the prettiest guy. He's not the best athlete. He's not the best anything. But he'll figure out a way how to beat you at the end of the day. And that's what the Bears are doing right now. So that's the way, the best way to explain it. But more importantly, Ed... Big boy football. Did you see Nick Foles throw the ball down the field and uh, score touchdowns in the end zone? Especially the red zone. That last touchdown, blitz, full blitz on. He hangs the ball out right, gets crushed, and lets Miller run under it. Kazi, that think... is big boy football, right, Ed? You got it. Absolutely. And I know that you loved it because I was excited about it. Now, I know that Dan made that bet with you, and he's, not, he's never going to get his money back, but I'm happy that we finally have a legit quarterback starting for the Bears, and we'll see where it goes. You know, look, Green Bay still looks like the best team in the NFC, or maybe in actually Kansas City is the best team in the NFL right now. But I will say this. Uh, people are going to underestimate the Bears, and I know they've had everybody to call it an easy schedule, but... A lot of teams with easy schedules have lost. 
So I'm excited about the future, and especially with Foles. St. Nick is what I'm calling it. How about you, Dan? Yeah, I like it. And you know what, Kaj, you're exactly right. It was uh, it was a moment in time. We'll never forget it. And trust me, the other 52 guys on that team, they realized, hey, this is a momentous change in the in the in the the tide. We need to capitalize on it, and the defense really, you know, hunkered down. And and the receivers, they did their part. Offensive line gave him the protection, you know, the best they could. So it was, it was all hands on deck. And three and zero is three and zero, no matter how you want to cut it. What did you all make of the amount of pressure they were able to get this week versus the first two? Because it definitely looked a whole lot different. Well, Akeem Hicks, he yeah. was healthy. Yeah, he crushed the middle. Yeah, you and, saw him push it back, play after play after play for four quarters. He came. He's healthy. He's back, and everybody else benefits from it. So, because there was no preseason or whatnot, guys were not uh, hadn't fully gotten. They were in shape. I mean, nobody was. So, I, I think across the NFL, you saw it, Mark. But uh, Ed's right when when. Hicks plays well. He makes Mac look a lot better. He makes everybody else look better. You know, Dan, I, I am impressed though with the um, the cornerbacks and uh, you know, especially that rookie from University of Utah. I mean, the kid—they're um, aggressive. They get after it, and um, look, they figure out ways to win, and that's all you want to do. Well, and we know that Julio Jones didn't play, but. All that being said, whose fault is that, right? Well, hey, <laughs> Saquon Barkley didn't play, and we almost blew that. But right. but our two corners right now are playing so well, so well. I would I wouldn't trade them for any two in the league. And Kyle Fuller is is a man, and he's playing physical. He's the guy that hurt Saquon Barkley running. You know, instead of just you know throwing his body at him, he wrapped him up and and yeah. basically you know that that squirmish is what put the guy out of commission so you know being physical means a lot and our defense is getting more and more physical Kazi, you want to take some calls with us let's do it i'm excited and i hope pair fans are excited and i know you know it's a long season there's 16 games but it's not that long and you start out three and oh your chances of getting to the playoffs, um, you know, what is it? Uh, 75%. 70%. I was going to say 70%. I'll go with 75 That sounds good. <laughs> 74.6 to be exact, going back to 1990, Kazi. Okay. I'm doing research over here. Hey, Chris, in Madison, Wisconsin, welcome to WGN Hampton OB with the Cosman. What's going on there, Chris? Go ahead. Yeah, I am glad to be listening to WGN this afternoon or evening, and... Uh, I tell you, I've converted to being a Bear fan because the the chicken snot Packers hit the locker room during the national anthem, and this veteran is excited to come down and watch a game at Soldier Field. So I put away uh, that other stuff, and I got my significant other's pack or uh, Bear gear out and started wearing it. So I just want to give, get your take on the uh, Bear-Packer matchup. That's a good one, Chris. Appreciate the phone call. I mean, Green Bay's playing phenomenal football right now, and Aaron Rodgers looks even better. I, I heard uh, an interesting thing here. Because well, Mark, before yeah. we say anything else, yeah. thank you for your service. Didn't he say he was a veteran? I, I'm, yes, Chris, thank you for your service. That great yeah, point, Kazi. So first and foremost, let's, let's thank him for his service because there's, you know, myself, Ed, and Dan, and I know you too, Mark, that means the most to us. And so, But go on. I'll Especially to my brother Milan, who's a retired 
Full bird, right, Colonel? Well, it should mean it. It should mean the most to everyone, but I could guarantee you it means the most to us. Papa, so. Papa Fred, World War Two. My dad was. Uh, my dad was in there as well. So yes, of course. Um, but let me, uh, let me jump in on, on yeah. this gentleman's call. The way for us to beat the Green Bay Packers and some of the other high high flying teams that we're going to play is for our offense to convert on third down, eat up the clock and keep Aaron Rodgers and the other people off the field. So it's not so much as our defense taking care of business because they, they're they very capable of doing it, but you're coming up against uh, a boy, I'll tell you what, when you start hitting Rodgers and some of these quarterbacks with their passing game, it's going to be tough. So how do you well, you got to score thirty points. That's, yeah. that's all. And yeah. and the Bears did it. So that's well, the key. Well, I mean, you got to do that. We got to have no our offense eat the time up, convert on third down, and put points on the board. That's how you beat these real good teams. Because if you don't do that, you don't convert on third time. You give Aaron Rodgers and the rest of those people we're going to play. We're going to get eight alive. Let me make a point on Rodgers. Actually, I'll do that every quick timeout. Let's uh, come on back here in two minutes. 312-981-7200. Kaz with us to the bottom of the hour. Adam Ho coming up at 9 o'clock with you till 10 on 720 WGN. When we were in the huddle, I had explained to Anthony that if I do happen to kill it, I'm going to throw it to the L. So get to the L on the L, and it'll be like a pretty stiff ball. So I just knew just in case that I didn't have time to get it off cleanly, that uh, he would be there. So we had that conversation, and he did his job. It's 720 WGN Hampton OB with you tonight. Most nights we're going to be with you on Tuesday night because... This is uh, a White Sox situation tomorrow. So Sox are playing, actually, it ended up in, in the uh, afternoon, 2 o'clock. What was that, Curtis? Oh, and there's and the debate is tomorrow night as well. Of course, I right, right, right. There's a debate debate tomorrow. Not not everything is just sports. Carm. Is that the debate over whether to start Trubisky it's, or Foles? That's what that's that ain't much of a debate. That's what the president and and Joe Biden will be discussing tomorrow night. Kazi, let me get you back in here. Uh, all right. In three, one, hey, two. By the way, yes. How about Nick saying that he told Ed? Think about this: a quarterback telling a wide receiver before the play. What he was going to do? Oh my goodness! How did that happen? <laughs> and before That's we crazy, isn't it? I mean, and I, you know, I say this, Ed, because I really Ed and I have had this conversation about opening the offense up and and doing things the right way. And and I, I, you know, Dan, I'm so excited that we actually have a quarterback that will do those kind of things now. Finally, it was it was there was a you could see Glenn a total difference. And and the professionalism between the two, how they were in the huddle, how they were barking out the plays, talking in between the plays to his players, then coming off the field, Glenn, and going around and talking to linemen and talking to uh, receivers and running backs. That's powerful stuff. That's good stuff. That's winning stuff. It truly is. I know that. Go ahead. No, his, his part of the other. Hidden hand of this was Nick Foles is so experienced and so good and so um, uh, versed in how to read defenses. He was able to kill some plays and check to other plays, and that is a big part of the offense 
that Trubisky is incapable of utilizing. And we we've, we talked about the fact that Cody Whitehair had to go back to center because normally, you know, Mahomes and everybody, all these quarterbacks that come up and they, they read the defense and they set the blocking while they are going through their cadence. Well, you know, Trubisky was inept. He couldn't, couldn't do, do that. So not right. only is he able to set the offensive blocking, but he's able to kill plays and get into proper plays. If they've got seven, eight in the box, then he will check just a quick slant or go route. And and again, with the crowd noise being nothing anymore, then the quarterback is so much more valuable that is able to play chess out there on the field. Let's take a call with Kaz here, 312-981-7200. Let's get uh, Jerry in Highland Park on 720 WGN. Go ahead, Jerry. Hey, guys, what's up? Um, I'm wondering if anybody else was yelling at the TV when it was third and two and they let Trubisky throw a long pass instead of getting third down. down. Yeah, and he throws it way out of of bounds. Well, he threw it out of bounds, too. I mean, it wasn't even close. That's what was... Again, I don't mind throwing it down the field. It's just you got to have some accuracy. And, and like Dan talked about, great quarterbacks right now can identify a defense, make the read, and throw it to the proper receiver. And, you know, the minute the blitz came on, uh, Foles took a big hit. I mean, he got crushed, but it was a game winner. And honestly, think about it. They had a touchdown, what, two touchdowns taken away from them in that process, and one turned into an interception. So, Really, this this is exciting stuff for the Bears. And, I, you know, look, I'm not putting them in the Super Bowl. I'm not going to go that crazy. But I finally get to see an offense that I believe Dan and Ed can score points. And with our defense, we have a chance to win every week. And, you know, the caller's point, OB, you know, third and two, and we've been able to, to be physical on third down and, and move the chains. And yet, for – Trubisky to basically, you know, go with that play and just sling it out of bounds and, you know, bring on the punter. It just, it's a backbreaker, not only for the offense, but the defense is over there watching going, what the? Yeah, because that's the, what do we call that? A read uh, or a run pass option, right? RPO. RPO. And and our guy through the streak out of bounds. That that makes sense. Yeah, to run the read offense, you got to be able to read, OB. I know. Well, listen, the one thing, going back to our caller, Jerry. Hey, Jerry, the one thing I think that you noticed that I noticed right away, it it was the difference in the mannerisms between Trubisky and Foles. It's how it started in the huddle. They break the huddle. They come up. It's the calls. It's the reads. It's the things that comes out of his mouth. You could actually see and feel the difference between Foles and Trubisky. The professionalism with a kid that really doesn't have it. And he doesn't. And I don't know why this kid hasn't advanced over the last three years, four years, whatever it's been. But he hasn't. He stayed at the same. But when Foles came in, Jerry, that's what I noticed and probably what you noticed. It was the professionalism, how he handled it, just the little things that he said and did and the moves he made. You saw it right in front of you. 
That's why they brought him in. Let, let's talk about how the offense is going to look because there's a lot of conversation. Are they going to go back to in the gun or are you going to run under center? First two weeks, the Bears, 69 of their 129 plays, so a little bit over 50% have been under center. Nick Foles has been a shotgun quarterback his whole career. Matt Nagy wants to run his offense from the shotgun, but their running game seems to do better when they're under center. I, what do you guys think will go on going forward? Well, personally, I, will they run the ball? Yes, they will. Montgomery has made a huge step this year compared to his last last year's rookie year. A huge step. Same thing with Patterson. He won't go down. He's fighting. So what does that do? You give him the ball? What the, does, does that bring into play? Play action. Play action. And we've got a quarterback now that can read defenses and take advantage of those situation, situations so we can move the ball, convert on third down, and put the damn ball in the end zone. Here's, here's, what, I, here's what I think, guys. And oh, Dan, do you want to answer first? No, you go ahead, Cos. No, I, what I was going to say is I, I, I do think you're going to see more shotgun, but what you're going to see is a lot of formations and a lot of movements now. We didn't see that, right? And they're going to go in motion. They're going to go back and forth. And you're going to see more creative ways to get the ball to a running back, as Ed said, is it has really come into his own. There so, you go. Actually, this is really going to open up the offense by being in the shotgun and giving them goofy formations where a defense has to think about it, and that opens up the running lanes. I mean, you're, I'm watching Kansas City. Tonight, we all are in our you know our own unique way looking at the television as we can. And that, that running back they have with all their different formations, he's gashing people. And it, it just makes you a better team. That's all. You just did it again, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Hampo, do you put him back under center or you put him in the gun? Well, you have to uh, have a blend. And then there's no doubt that the... Going in conventional offense has has given us a more physical aspect, and it's given us a chance to, as Ed said, you know, go through the dimensions of play action, even bootlegs. A lot of that was because Trubisky was more suited to that. You know, obviously more agile, able to get out on the on the edge. But Nick Foles is still competent; he can do those things. But you know. Tariq Cohen, the loss of him, yes, that's it's going to be a factor. But I got to tell you, Cordell Patterson has a whole dimension that he can bring to that backfield, in and out, running wheel routes on linebackers. He's so fast. He big, and strong. And the ball. Yeah, I mean, he's right? a great he's a receiver. Athlete. Yeah, he was a Pro Bowl re- returner last year. So right. you know, there's a lot of this offense. And and I, I mentioned those coaches earlier that they were part of the decision to make you know to pull Trubisky. They will have a big input on how to organize this offense with Nick Foles at the trigger man. By, by the way, I don't know if you brought this up, guys, but I was proud of the fact that this young coach um, finally had the you know what to uh, put in the better quarterback. And, you know, it's taken a long time, but it did happen. And I guess, Dan, what you're saying is it's a combination of the new guys that he brought in then, right, to, to make that happen. They all had seen enough. Kazi, right, we right. got to take a break. Kazi, that was a great point by Dan. Bye. Hey, Kazi, say bye. Okay, bye, guys. See you next week. Love you guys. Thanks. Take you care, guys. Love you guys. Bye. Glenn, bye. Glenn Kozlowski, 830, check in news, 720 WGN. You know, reality, this is – Coach Nagy and I's first time ever. This was his first time really calling plays for me since we've known each other. 
um, just because in KC he would send the play in, but it was through uh, Coach Reed. So, but we've known each other. He knows how I am as a player, and I think the big thing was I was just highlighting plays I liked, and I just said, hey, if for some reason they give me something else, I'll get to something else. That is your new Bears quarterback, Nick Foles, talking about his relationship with Matt Nagy, which dates all the way back to Philadelphia and then to Kansas City, and now together here in Chicago. Hampton OB with you till 10 o'clock, brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. That's Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado Drive. What Ham drives a Chevy. And I've got that bumper music on the, the you, CD. You got, you yeah. got, you got that rocking? Night fever. And, and while Ham's riding in his Chevy Silverado, he eats, Bar- he eats Bartolini's restaurant. And by the way, uh, newsflash, uh, Mahomes becomes the fastest quarterback in NFL history to 10,000 yards passing. Trubisky fastest in history to the bench. What's going on with that iPhone there, OB? You need any help over there? No, I'm good. Okay. 312-981-7200. I want to give you guys a, an unsung hero. And they, nobody ever talks about Pat O'Donnell. But Pat O'Donnell, first of all, had four punts yesterday for 215 yards that averages 53.8. And he booted one 64 yards late in the ball game in the field position game. He completely flipped the field when the Bears offense did absolutely nothing. Has anybody noticed the punter around here? No, but I have an answer for you. <laughs> a punter does one thing. What does he come on the field? Three times a game? Twice, four times. Three, Not with Trubisky. It's about ten times. Let me finish. Okay. What the hell do you think he's supposed to do? That's what he's paid to do, Mark. Nobody kicks it 64 yards. He's not paid to kick a 28-yard punt. He's supposed to do that. That's all he does. The Bears have an elite punter, and I think he should be mentioned once in a season, OB. All right, Ham's giving me five. That's right. We're plotting you, Pat O'Donnell. He's a kicker. He's a kicker. All right. Uh, Ra, uh, here. Hey, <laughs> I said in the break that I was going to give yeah. some kudos to someone. You might, may or may not like it. I didn't think you were going to dislike it to that level. That's okay. No, I, I'm not this. Like, that's fine. But that's what he's supposed to do. Uh, sure. But but he's doing it at an elite level. Some of our guys, what they're supposed to do, they don't do it at an elite level. He's doing it at an elite level, OB. Mark. Yes. Kobe. Take the calls. Hey, Take Josh call. and Joliet, keep us moving here, buddy. Welcome to 720 WGN. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I, Ed, I know you're talking about Ryan Case and replacing him, but, I mean, how, how are we going to get a decent GM? I mean, we have not gotten a decent GM since Gary Venisi. So even, even if he replaced Ryan Pace, we're not going to get anybody decent because of the McCaskies. Josh, going to the top um, of the food chain. We've, we've had this conversation. You're right, Josh. That is a problem. Yes. You know? Well, I mean... You- Obviously, a GM has one overarching quality that makes them special. They can identify talent. Now, that's Jimmy Johnson, you know, was a special coach, but he was even better at identifying talent. And that Cowboy team, when he was, um, you know, uh, in the midst of a three out of four year Super Bowl run, it was all, I mean, you know, Leon Lett from Emporia State, you know, it's it's about identifying talent, and unfortunately, you know our first round picks. Think about this. I'm looking at Kansas City, and their first round picks are all making a huge impact in this game. What first round pick of ours has made big impacts over the last half a dozen years? You say Roquan Smith. At best, he's a 
He's a middle-of-the-road player, okay? He need, he has to find a way to become more physical and more active close to the line of scrimmage. He's okay in coverage on the perimeter. Got it. But Kevin White, uh, Trubisky, um uh, you know, uh, you know, we traded two of them away for Cleo Mack. But our first-round picks, you know, Kyle Fuller, which was by uh, Phil Emery. But the point is, you build your team through the draft. Everybody, you know, you can't keep trading away picks for Cutler and Cleo Mack and build your team. It's so true. where are we going to get it? Well, that that's not our our job. It is essentially the the brain trust of the bears now they went and got ernie arcozy to help him find phil emery and that was a disaster from from you know most of uh you know the six years he was here but there are teams that are able to identify those players and they have a scouting organization that is that is more than capable of providing those you know binders of the players they believe can become great players at the NFL level. We've you know hey come on you know think about this. Cody Whitehair has been okay. Um you know uh, uh Tariq Cohen was a fifth round pick wasn't he or fourth or fifth? I mean, he he's made uh, some impact. So you know, but th- if you strip it away and you think about our team, our best player, Akeem Hicks, we got him free agent. Uh, Khalil Mack, free agent. Danny Trevathan's been good. He's he was free agent. Um, uh, Allen Robinson is the best player we have on offense, and we signed him through free agency. We've got to be able to build through the draft. So correct me here, gentlemen, if I'm wrong. Or some of our listeners even know I did. I'm trying to remember. Didn't the Bears hire a head hunting firm to find them a new general manager? Am I am I correct in, in yeah. remembering it that way? Yeah, that, they hired a head hunting. There firm? was Eddie uh, Ernie Arcozy. Uh, Ernie Arcozy, right? Was who had been involved with the Giants under Parcells? But it was for a years firm, years. a head hunting firm. Well, listen, when you haven't been involved in the NFL in at all in your lifetime, you would think that you'd have to hire somebody because you don't know the profession that you work in. Oh, they've they started the NFL, the Chicago Bears franchise. It's kind of amazing how. But I mean, that's you. You hire a head hunting firm. To find a general manager in football, and through all the years and all the people that have been employed by the Bears and have uh, players and co- have gone on, mean to tell me nobody could recommend somebody or get in or do whatever because wasn't Pace and down at the New Orleans Saints wasn't he the best thing he did was wasn't he the Gopher guy, Gopher candy bar Gopher. He was in charge of, of uh, college per, uh, college college player he, personnel. He, correct. He, he was more more than the Gopher guy. He, right. You sure about that? Well, he muddies. He started at the bottom. That's true, but he worked his way up. But the fact of the matter, you hire a headhunting firm in the National Football League to find the general manager. Oh my! Right, right. Which is always the issue when you have a team that hasn't won since 1985. It's not the head coach. It's not the general manager. It's always at the top, and they're not selling the team. So it's kind of like. Kind of a moot point, right, team? Uh, hey, Ron in Edgewater, welcome to 720 WGN. Go ahead, Ron. Yeah, I was just calling to say, if it's possible, we could have a moment of silence for the three wasted years of uh, Super Bowls that might have been, you know? Well, we talked about that in the uh, first hour, and you're exactly right. You know, part of the, you know, part of the, uh, the move to go to Foles. We had half a team there to do it. 
Yeah, we're right. Well, I mean that defense was was more than capable, and now we're not we're not the same team we were two years ago. But we can we can improve. We can we got to stay healthy, but we can say this defense is right now good enough to you know win eleven games, get in the playoffs, beat people that you have to beat, and continue to advance. It all depends on what the offense does to basically support the defense. Absolutely right, and, and basically they hadn't had a, a well. He they didn't have a quarter for the past three years that could throw accurately over twenty or thirty yards a pass and catch a receiver on the run. And you can't score points if you can't pass the ball, advance the ball downfield. And it just seems so obvious that how it was it that they couldn't see that, you know. Well, they could see it, sir, and that's why they they put the hook on Trubisky after that one bad pass for the interception. You know, hey. But the sad thing is, Ron, sad thing is a lot of people could see it where the problem lied. My God, if you got a defense, that, and at the time, and, and, and again, this window's starting to close on that defense, but they're still good enough to win you a Super Bowl. But, boy, to let those years go by, to let those years go by, Year after year, when you know you're not converting on third down, you know you're not taking advantage of what the defense is giving you, and you've got a quarterback that is not capable of taking you or winning you a Super Bowl. Those were facts. That's right in front of you. Not unless you got a particular eyesight or hearing problem. And that's the shame of it. To waste a defense like this all, what, two, three, four years because of some one guy they want to shove him down your throat for whatever reason. Because they drafted It's a damn shame. If Pace had drafted either A. Watson or B. Mahomes, he would be the toast of the town. Oh, yeah. There's yep. no question. And rightfully so. Right. And those players obviously have been the goods. And, you know, it wasn't that hard to figure out. It, it, Unfortunately, you know, trying to... Uh, as as you've said many times, Mark Carmen, he wanted to, he wanted to be the smartest guy in the room and go outside the box. One guy was he eight. was because he was always in the room by himself. By himself, <laughs> one guy was eight and five at North Carolina and lost in the Sun Bowl. The other guy was twenty eight and two and beat Alabama in the national championship game. He played in back to back national championship I, I, games. Yeah, I'm aware, Obi, and he and he beat him once. Alabama, who's better than some NFL teams? By the way, Pace's history. Just so we have it, I want to because you brought it up. He started as an operations assistant with the Saints in 2001. Then he moved up to a scouting assistant. Then he became a professional personal scout. Then he became the director of professional scouting from 07 to 2012. 13 and 14, he was the director of player personnel, and then he was hired by the Bears in 15. So he's in one organization uh, his entire career, just for whatever that's worth. All right. Uh, come on back here, 312-981-7200. Adam Ho coming up after 9 o'clock at 720 WGN. Uh, I think I was kind of pissed off in a good way. I've been motivated ever since. I've been motivated um, since our season ended last year. I didn't feel like it went the way we wanted to, and uh, we left a lot out there, but um, I'm excited for this year. Uh, it's, I think it's going to be a good competition, and uh, Foles has had uh, has a crazy career as well, so it's been cool having him in our room talking ball. Um, I know we're going to push each other, but I still feel like this is my team. To the archives, we went for that one. That was Mitchell Trubisky before the season. Of course, the Bears had signed Nick Foles, and he was getting ready for some competition. I actually thought Trubisky 
handled his demotion as well as you could possibly handle it. I'm going to be a team guy. And by the way, that's the smart thing for him to do because if you're not going to be a good teammate as a backup, then you're not going to have a career in the NFL and he should make as much money as he possibly can make. Mark, what's he supposed to say? Well, he could. No, I'm, I'm not taking this well. I, don't, I should be out there. Coach doesn't know what he's doing. They didn't bring me in here to do this to sit down and humiliate me. Of course he's going to say he's with the he, team, he's going to take whatever it is he, and, he, and, and help Folds win. He could, have had a, he could have had a slight moment in time where he's like, you know, I really didn't think that uh, things were going that bad and I was going to pull it together, but, you know, whatever, that's his decision. He could have said it like that. And apparently he was great on the sidelines too. Whatever, I'm not, giving, I'm not trying to give him a gold star, but he's trying his best to be a good teammate in a tough spot. I give him a, I give him a little worthy... Pat on the back for that. OB. What else is he gonna say? There's what do you, what do you come on? Will you move on? Jay Cutler would have said something else. I want to ask you a question. Is, do we need to be worried about? Go ahead, Hamp. No, no, no. You know, here's the thing. Very few NFL players have ever been given such a privileged, you know, existence sure. through four years, and for you know, for what it means to his future. It, it it should be minimized because the only thing that matters is right now. And Foles could get hurt the second play of the game right. against the Colts. And if he if he doesn't try and find a way to understand this offense and to progress and and to learn, I mean, he's been given a great a, a, a great benefit here to watch a guy that knows how to run this offense. Now think about this that that last touchdown to Anthony Miller where he said run to the L. That was against a zero blitz. That meant they were bringing everybody. Now, the fact that Foles busted their you-know-what open with that touchdown strike, how many times do you think the Colt defensive coordinator is going to plan on running that this week? You follow me? Now, Trubisky probably would have taken a sack or you know slung it out of bounds. But the point is, the competence of, of Nick Foles not only will protect the, the offense, the integrity of the offense, but it will make defenses have to start worrying about protecting the entire field, not just hey, this guy's a you know a ding dong. He doesn't know how to play. Let's let's blitz him and let's uh, jam the receivers at the line of scrimmage and make them punt. And so all, this is a good thing. Also, what I also believe, if this kid can come with back to back games or whatever, you know what he does? He makes everybody better. Why do I say that? Because they know he's not going to take a sack. He'll get rid of the ball. They know he's an accurate passer. They know he's smart. They know he can read defenses. And they will gather around this guy. And he will make everybody better. Just listen to what I'm telling you, folks. Because when you have a kid like Patrick Mahomes, what do you think he does? What do you think Aaron Rodgers does up in Green Bay? He makes everybody better. That one person can do it, and it's the quarterback. Why? Because it's the most important position on the team, and you got to have somebody that can play it from A to Z. The word is it emboldens everyone. Everyone becomes bigger, faster, stronger, smarter. And guess what? 
the guys on the offense, they think no matter what, one last you know block, give him another chance because this guy knows how to deliver the ball. It's it, it's it's a rising tide. Well, Ted Ginn Jr. hadn't had a catch all season long. There you go. And, and then Javon Williams yeah. in the fourth quarter, and you know why? Because Robinson and Miller was on the sidelines, you know, <laughs> you know, letting you know, breathing hard, I guess. But the point is, it didn't matter to Foles. He knows where the hell. If the primary guy is gone, he knows where to go to two, three, and four. He knows what to do with it. The throw again on fourth down was a phenomenal throw. It was. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I, I hate to say that's said pro he makes football. everybody better. I got it, baby. I got Thank it. Thank you. That's uh, pro football, and we haven't not we haven't seen that in a long time. You know, there was a time before Cutler got beat up, and you know, and you know, everything just went sour. That he was capable of doing these things. I remember the game against San Diego. I mean, I, what were we? Shoot, I think we were nine and four or something like that when he broke his thumb. I mean, we were we we were attacking people. You know, it was it was it was great. We haven't seen it in a long time. So, what do you guys think on the play in the end zone, the, the the catch to Robinson that wasn't, and they they called it an interception. I thought I I actually thought they and they Darquez Denard was the Atlanta DB who got the pick. I thought that they got the call right. I I thought no the what what the rule is, it doesn't. It, and correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen. When you catch the ball, how many times have we seen it? He's got to follow. Through with the catch all finish the, way the process is that nonsense that they and that's the whole thing yes you're right that was the rule and I tried to explain it to people well what are you talking about I said that's the rule that's why they overturned it you got to follow through and come all the way the motion all the way through that is the rule and that and the play that that basically defined. That rule change about eight years or ten years ago, Calvin Johnson in the in the southwest corner of the south end zone, Peanut Tillman, remember? They yep. they battled him. Calvin Johnson had it and then came to the ground with the ball in his hand. And when he came to the ground with the ball in his hand, he, you know, he, he lost it. And they said it didn't matter that he possessed it. He had to finish the continuation of the process. That's, and the same, that's the same reason why they gave it to the defender, I think, it was the right call. That it, it was it was the right call. I mean, I'm talking to Ann, and she's why would they do it? He didn't. He had the ball. I said, "Honey, you gotta you gotta finish it all the way through." That's the rule. See, like for me, it's letter of the law, spirit of the law. The Calvin Johnson one, letter of the law, they got it right, but the spirit of the law, they think they got it wrong. This one, letter and spirit, correct. Like he, you, you have a wrestling match. He wins. That's a pick. He's got a. You know what? Well, Bill Cody said. He said the law is an ass. <laughs> On that one, we'll get to news. What year was that? We'll get to news, and we will uh, get to Adam Hogue after 9 o'clock, 720 WGN. Hamp and OB. It was Coach Laser. Kind of happened out of nowhere. He just said, Nick is up, and uh, that was that. We see the Bears taking over with Nick Foles at the helm. But Trubisky looked uncomfortable sitting in the pocket. The situation sucked, but it was just the flow of the game, how it was happening. Coach made a decision that he felt was best for the team, and uh, it sucks to get news like that, but that's just how it goes. I just got to control what I can control. There's Mitchell Trubisky, Hamp and OB, final hour. Adam Hogue about to join us, but first, Jeff Vukovic is back. Vuk! The straight shooter who knows insurance. He's on your side. He'd love to help you. Nationwide is on your side. Vuk! Check out jeffvuk.com. He will never be benched. He will (laughs) never. 
Vuk will not be benched. Neither will Adam Hogue, who joins us now on Hampton OB. Uh, you didn't see this coming, did you, Adam, when Matt Nagy made the move? First of all, that jingle follows me around everywhere. I got Jason Benetti and Steve Stone singing it every <laughs> night when they bring up my Twitter handle, and now it's here when I'm on with you guys. Uh, yeah, I was surprised. I, I was not expecting, you know, when he threw that interception, it certainly wasn't going through my head. Yeah, it's time for Nick Foles. Turned out to be the right move. And going back and really analyzing the game, you understand why Matt Nagy had had enough. I mean, look, if I had to pick three things that they really wanted Mitch to improve this offseason, maybe four. But first of all, understanding coverages, which he throws that interception and clearly didn't understand the coverage on that play. Uh, Third downs, which were a problem early on in that game and uh, was a problem two weeks ago, uh, week one against the Lions. And then red zone, scoring touchdowns. I know it sounds simple, and we make fun of Matt Nagy for like saying, oh, this revolutionary idea that you got to score touchdowns, but the reality is they're not doing it. And the quarterback they put in threw for five touchdowns. He only got credit for three, but he really threw for five once he came in the game. Uh, and then the deep ball, too, right? So you add up all that that Mitch was struggling with in the course of just this game. They're trailing, and Matt Nagy had enough, and I understand it. And, you know, and here's the thing, and, and, and when you go back and you break it down and you, you add the, the putrid performance of our offense in the first half of the Atlanta game and then the interception, but you say, well, it was only one. But if you go back and look what they did against the lowly Giants, how they didn't score a single point, how he had thrown two in the second half against the Giants. So I think it was a, it wasn't a moment in time so much as it was an accumulation of, uh, of, of, of baggage. And I've made this point. I don't know if you've listened to us, Adam, but I, 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 there's every fiber of my being makes me believe that. A year ago, there wasn't a plan B. Chase Daniel, he was, you're not going to beat anybody with him. And the fact that finally we have a competent replacement. But more importantly, that Ryan Pace didn't, would not go for this, you know, benching of his prized pupil. But when you put Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator, in, and he realizes now how he had to set up game plans with handcuffs where there were no kills, there were no uh, uh, audibles, there were there was no discernible ability to read defenses and throw it where they're not, that kind of thing. I think it was an accumulation, and that became the flashpoint. Do you agree? Well, yeah, I do. I, you Look, I even look back to week one, and, and I remember thinking at halftime, like, Okay, Mitch, he he missed some throws. Uh, he made some throws. But whatever it is, there's something just missing, right? There's something that's not clicking with his offense, and it's been really going on since Matt Nagy got here. And I know there's some things to pick on with Nagy, and specifically last year not adapting the offense, not running the football enough. But, you know, if you really look at his scheme, the guy knows how to coach offense. And – he, he needs a, he needs somebody controlling the football that can operate. I remember a couple of years ago, Nagy and Mitch Trubisky talked a lot about how he just needed to be the point guard, the facilitator of the offense. Figure out who's the open guy. Just get the ball in that person's hands. And just Trubisky didn't do that consistently enough. He just didn't see and process what was in front of him. 
consistently enough. He's athletic. He's talented. Uh, and that's why you get the occasional flash play, like even yesterday, the 45-yard run. Um, but that's not what they need to really make this offense click. And I think you saw Nick Foles come in and do what really Matt Nagy needs. I, you know, I don't know if they'll win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, although he has done it in the past. It's just I think the offense as a whole will look like it's gelling more and consistently score more touchdowns with Nick Foles going forward. The bright spot about Foles coming in is that he immediately took charge of the offense. You could see it. You could feel it. He took charge of it. He changed the way they attacked the field. He's the one that did it. Yeah, and there was a great shot that Fox had during the broadcast of him going, um, you know, position group, position group, uh, and and seemed to have a point to make to almost every single player. Uh, And it's not like Mitch didn't do that, but I I think for Nick Foles to come in, remember – he, he pretty much has had 10 practices, 10 practices with these players. Uh, those 10 practices that were the real legitimate practices of training camp where they were having the competition. Once Mitch was named the starter, Foles went to running the scout team. Okay, So he really hasn't been working with these wide receivers and these tight ends over the last few weeks. And he goes out there uh, with hardly any work with these guys. And I actually think that that played a role in why he didn't get the job coming out of camp, but he goes out there and he does what he did yesterday. And there were some moments where you could tell they weren't quite on the same page. He threw a back shoulder to Javon Wims, and Wims didn't turn the right way to get the ball. And um, that's going to be part of the process here as they work that type of stuff out. But, man, he still got the job done. He legitimately threw for five touchdowns. And, again, only got credit for three. Adam Hogue with us here on Hamp and OB coming up till 10 o'clock. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this, then. Mr. Adam, did you notice when you're watching your rewatch or even during the game the reactions that Matt Nagy was having to Mitchell Trubisky? Because his facial expressions told you a lot leading up to the benching because he was losing it over there. Did you notice that? Yeah, um, especially after the missed deep ball. No question. You know, the, the thing about the deep ball was it, Mitch did everything right on the play except make the throw. Uh, you know they they gave away their rush. They rushed six. Uh, if you with no fans in the stands and you can basically hear what's going on at the line of scrimmage, he he yells out danger, 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 yep. danger, and it pulls the tight end closer to the right tackle uh, to, to get better protection. And everybody picked it up. Mitch saw it pre snap. The offensive line, the tight ends, everybody, the running back, everyone picked up their protection on the play and. He gave Mitch the time to see, oh, Anthony Miller's coming open. Launched the ball. Should have been a touchdown. He just overthrew it. And it's just, it, you heard even today, Carm, Matt Nagy talking about settling for field goals. And it, he just he just said how much it ticks him off. Uh, he just, it, it's driving him crazy. He wants touchdowns, and Nick Foles gave him touchdowns. Well, if you look at the actual plays, not counting the kneel downs at the end, but just the actual plays of the offense, Mitchell Trubisky averaged a little over 4.3 yards a play. And when Foles came in, it goes to 7-plus yards per play. And you're saying, wow, that seems like a lot. To me, I thought it would be more because of the way they did attack the deep quadrants of the field. Now, 
we had a caller earlier that basically posed the question, now that Foles will be the starter facing the Indy Colts this weekend, will we see them try to balance with the quarterback under center and the 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 uh, the gun snaps, or do you think we're going to go more predominant with the gun snaps because that's what Foles has basically done his entire career? And, yeah, and that's what Nagy great... wants to do too. Yeah, I think it's a great question, and I'm I'm fascinated uh, to see this because look, when we got to see training camp, they were running most running the same offense for both quarterbacks, and it was a lot of what we've seen so far this season that they were running with Mitch. So that tells me they were getting Foles ready to run that. However, you're right because Foles has mostly been a shotgun quarterback throughout his his career, and um, I, I think we all know that what Nagy really would love to run, and that's what uh, Patrick Mahomes is doing right now as we're speaking uh, with Andy Reid, right? And so I – I have a feeling that it, it might not be sudden, like all of a sudden they come out against the Colts this week and everything's out of shotgun, but I think we might see a gradual shift back. Um, whatever they run, what needs to be maintained, though, guys, is the running game. Like, they can't get away from the run. Exactly. They, David Montgomery, uh, his numbers weren't great yesterday. I thought he looked great running the football, though, when he got his opportunities in uh, he's going to get more opportunities to show he can catch the ball in the backfield, which he can do now that Tariq Cohen's hurt. And they got to make sure that he's still a big focus of the offense no matter what. But I am fascinated to see that because um, what they had, the changes they made offensively in the offseason were for Mitch, really. But they do have tight ends. They do have the personnel to keep running this as long as Nick Foles can do it. And I'm interested to see what it looks like Sunday. One last question the Tariq Cohen injury. How much will that affect or will it allow us to be more conscious of Montgomery and Cordell Patterson running the ball? Yeah, because I like what Patterson's been doing, too, and I was kind of skeptical about that coming into the season, but um, those guys have been mostly good. I think, you know what, Cohen's the type of gadget player that is valuable for a, a bunch of different reasons, but, you know, he did break off a big run yesterday. Uh, out of the shotgun, and he and he and he had a nice catch and run too in that game. So he does come in and give you spurts. I, I think they're spurts that can be replaced by other guys, uh, especially David Montgomery, who I still think is better than he's really showing every week in the stat book, um, which I think is more of a byproduct of the offense than anything else. And the so and the byproduct yeah, of Nick Foles throwing the ball deep, keeping the safeties out, we should see Montgomery start ripping seven, nine, twelve yard runs. Correct? Yeah, I would think so, and and I think they have to maintain that. Now, let me give you one thing on the special teams angle. Losing, it, it looks like they're going to go to Anthony Miller. Um, as the, at least he's the guy that was out there to return punts when Cohen went out. Turnovers. I'm feeling it. Go ahead. Yeah, that makes me a little nervous. Here's a risky idea that might be worth doing every once in a while, but putting Eddie Jackson back there. Wow. When He was a great returner at Alabama, and you see when he gets the ball in his hands on interceptions, like that return he had last week that didn't count against the Giants, he has just that instinct. Uh, the problem is, 
I mean, just let Tariq Cohen's injury serve as warning. You can get hurt very easily out there returning punts. So um, maybe I wouldn't do it full-time, but I think every once in a while you pick your spots in a good return situation, I would maybe go with uh, Eddie Jackson see what he can do. Interesting. Adam, great stuff. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Thanks Adam. Adam Hogue, our Bears reporter, best in the business. Back with your calls, 312-981-7200. We'll peek at that defense, 720 WGN. What we always talk about, it's like riding a bike. Uh, he, he's been through some different um, offenses, even from the last time we were together in Kansas City. But what happens is, is once you present somebody like Nick the, the playbook and they start looking at it, all of a sudden it just clicks and you start remembering and you just start retraining your brain from what you knew in the past year, a couple years. Um, because even though... Everyone always says, you know, Coach Reed, Doug Peterson, Frank Reich, that family that we have of coaches that have worked together some way, someplace or another. The head coach, Matt Nagy. I'm guessing he's sleeping just a little bit better tonight. Bears were 3-0, and by the way, in 2013 under Mark Trustman. I think we all remember that. That season ended up at 8-8. Eight and eight. Which could happen this year, by the way. Entirely possible. OB's gone over the schedule. Uh, it does get a whole lot tougher. You Why get, would you start raining on our parade? I don't know. It's a long show. Occasionally one little rain comes from this microphone. I, I'm not raining on anything. But Indy, for whatever... I, I'm kind of surprised that the Colts are our favorite. At, you know, the Bears are at home. Then you got Thursday night, quick turnaround with Tom Brady and the Bucks. Brady had a great game this week. He's still doing his thing. Uh, so it gets a little bit tougher, and then you get really get to the meat of it when you got to play the Saints in Tennessee. But Minnesota's zero and three, and then you got Green Bay. Packers look tough. Well, the the rest of the schedule is going to be a little tougher than the first three t- teams that we played. I mean, it's it's just a fact. They're they're going to be tougher. They're, why? Because they're just better teams. They play good offense and good defense. Let's uh, let's shout out. We mentioned him earlier in the show, but uh, Corderell Patterson in the backfield and on kickoff returns, they had a they had a stat out there. Uh, you know his effectiveness returning kicks is is there's he's he's with there with one guy in Bears history. Uh, Corderell is at twenty nine point nine. Gail Sayers so, and I know, OB, you've been on the station talking about uh, Gail and, and RIP to the Sears fa- uh, family and one of the all-time great Chicago Bears, but I figured we'd bring it up on the show here. When, when was the first time that you knew that this guy, that, that guy was different when you were on the field with him? Well, it was uh, actually his rookie year in 1965. Uh, we had two number one draft choices. The other one was Dick Butkus. <laughs> he was pretty good, too. Both of them in the Hall of Fame. <clears throat> but I remember Gail came in, and he was... Yeah, he came from Kansas, and he's kind of a hot shot runner and everything. And he was a little, eh, maybe a little cocky, maybe uh-huh. you know whatever. And but you know, and 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 we play the. It was the first year at '65. We played the Los Angeles Rams. Gale takes catches a putt, takes it back for a touchdown. He takes a kickoff back for a touchdown. He takes an option runner pass and throws a pass for a touchdown to Dick Gordon, and he ran for a bazillion yards that day also. <laughs> so right after that, he, I know Gail said, I know it will be like he said, he smiled at me. 
you know. But he he became my favorite football player. Holy cow, the things that that kid could do. Nobody could run like him. Nobody. Before him, during him, and after him. Too bad his career got cut short. But he's the youngest person ever to go into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, 34 years old, into the Hall. You, you remember him, Ham? Well, you know, obviously, I, I didn't watch a whole lot of football back then, but in the last 40 years, I've seen countless uh, highlights. And if there's ever been a, a, a an accurate description for Gale, it is a highlight. And I think what George Hallis said was the, the best. He said, there's nobody like him, there never will be. And he was he was beyond belief. I, I totally agree with that. You know, and I... I, I I, I also mentioned, you might have heard this, Mark, is that, boy, would you love to see with today's technology, okay, with cameras, TVs, and the amount of TVs that are at each football game. What is it, 50, 60, whatever it is? Sure. Back then there was, what, two, three, whatever, and the sound system and everything? Like today, these guys, you just hear the sound system. What they, they're Superman all of a sudden. What I had loved to see if anybody could ever do that is take what Gale did, running that football, and update it with all this technology. He was absolutely phenomenal. And he was a man of few words. Gale didn't speak a lot. He was yeah. a man of few words. But boy, you talk about letting your actions do your talking for you. He basically invented that one. Now, after uh, the Ram game, did you guys question his cockiness? <laughs> no, he was my favorite football player I ever saw in my life. Well, you know, and, and there's there's a, there's a handful of guys that are like that. You know, when Marino was uh, first throwing the ball, we had never seen anything like that. M- Mahomes today is pretty special. But again, what Gale could do, I don't think we'll see again. Balls on third down to the end zone. It is Graham again. Same spot. Catch is made by Robinson of eight breaks free. Allen Robinson takes it all the way. The pass is caught in the end zone for a touchdown by Anthony Miller. You know, the way I approach the game is one play at a time, so it's not easy coming in cold like that, but if you can approach it with the mindset, hey, just one play at a time, you can't get all the points back in one throw. That helps a lot. Camp and OB. It's 720 WGN 936 with you till the top of the hour. Raleigh James coming up at 10. My name is Mark Carmen. Bears are 3 and 0. And Monday Night Football, it's, it's a good game going on there, Dan Hampton. 27-20, yep. 20, Chiefs on top of the Ravens. Give the uh, the Ravens a lot of credit for um, hanging around uh 27-20 and uh they've Got some answers for Mr. Mahomes. He hasn't been so so outstanding in the second half. A little pressure goes a long way. So let's look at the three and O teams in the NFL right now. Of course, the Bears are one of them. So is Green Bay, and in the NFC, so is Seattle. That is it. Those are your three and O's. Now you're going to have a three and O with either. Uh, Baltimore and or Kansas City. Both are 2-0 and right now. The other 3-0s and in the AFC are the Tennessee Titans, who a lot of people were thinking could not duplicate what they did last year with Ryan Tannehill. That has been incorrect to this point. Pittsburgh is off to a 3-0 and start. And the Buffalo Bills are 3-0, and ahead of the 2-1 and New England Patriots, who seem to have 
figured something out with Cam Newton. New England's played some pretty good football, too. They nearly are 3-0 and almost beat Seattle. Who, who has impressed you the most, Hamp? I know you watch all these games. Well, the Buffalo Bills look uh, very complete. Uh, Josh Allen, their quarterback, has been a revelation. He's getting the ball to Stephon Diggs. Big plays. Uh, they can run it. Their cool defense customer. Gets, oh, yeah. And he can, you know, he big dude. He can run and you know, make first downs when he has to. Uh, you got you, you just got to say, wow, Green Bay going into uh, New Orleans last night. New Orleans, you know, that was almost a, a desperation game for them. They uh, had lost at Seattle the week prior. And uh, for them to go in and, and make plays and, and beat the Saints – that that doesn't forebode well for for us, you know. Of course, the Vikings they've played themselves almost out of it. So um, we're in it. But uh, as you guys have so aptly uh, put it, there's a there's a lot of really good teams we're going to have to play here in the next month and a half. Well, hopefully, with folds coming up, Danny, like we mentioned some time ago in this program, maybe these kids can start believing in themselves. Talking basically our offense, that maybe with Foles, maybe they think they might have a chance. They just might have a chance with that defense. Stranger things have happened, my friend. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. If you want to jump in here and have any Bears question, but we have talked a ton about the offense, but let's focus on the defense for just a second here. What are you guys seeing up front with Eddie Goldman out? Uh, the push up the middle has, I would, has not been great. Certainly not statistically. The Bears have given up a lot of, a lot of yards on the ground. This week was better, but it still seems like there's a ways to go here. The, the, the thing for me, it's, a, it's an easy call. It's Akeem Hicks. When he didn't play like, like last year, and the first couple games this year, he like really wasn't. But he, well, I'll take that back. Maybe the second game he got a little bit better. But this game. He was, I mean, he caved in that pocket. They had nowhere to go. And when he does that, he makes everybody else around him better. He's a force to be reckoned with. And when he's not there, and we don't get that push up the middle, and and which we don't get it if he's not in there, then what do you see Cleo Mack? Do you hear his name? Do you hear the names of the other people? You don't hear him. But when he's in there, you just look, you can see what he does. Caves in the middle. The quarterback has nowhere to go. Yeah, and it's going to be of uh, the utmost importance this week. Uh, Philip Rivers, at the end of uh, a pretty darn good career, uh, cannot stand the pressure in his face. You know, he has a sidearm delivery. Uh, the you know a lot of complications with the pocket collapsing. Yeah, he does. Dan. Yeah. yeah, and they've got. You know, I will tell you this: the offensive line of the Colts, a lot of people rate as the best. In football, so it will be upon our defensive line, and that means Belon Nichols and Roy Robinson Harris. They have to be a bigger factor. It can't be just Akeem. It can't be just Khalil. Um, you know, Robert Quinn made the big play on the very first snap uh, as a Chicago Bear, and we haven't heard his name since. So we need more out of him. The defensive line will have to control this game. Their pressure. Will win it now. Of course, you know the offense we've talked about with Foles and him being able to exploit uh, defenses. That'll be great, 
but we can't get in a shootout. We've got to be able to, to play bear defense here at home, and I don't see any reason why we can't get this thing done. And that, that defense has got to step up and, and, and make them not convert on third down. But I'll tell you what, the offense, what you have to do, you can't put that defense at risk game after game, quarter after quarter, half after half, game after game. You can't do it because eventually they're going to wear down. And you, you start to see it a little bit, Dan, in the last couple of years. So what, what Foles has to do, number one, convert on third down. Why? Because that's just what we don't do. We don't convert on third down, and we don't move the ball down the field, and we don't put points on the board. That's been the killer for us. And I think Foles can get it done. But they got to open it up. This kid is, he wants to open it up. Foles wants to open it up. He wants to go over the middle. He wants to go fly patterns. He wants to do a lot of things. They got to let him have his head. Why? Because I tell you one thing, he's very smart, Dan, and he's an accurate passer. And more important, he understands and can read defenses. Well, first and foremost, let's play a complete four-quarter game on both sides of the ball. Think about you know the the Detroit Lions game. The offense played dead for essentially three quarters. Then against the Giants, we played okay in the first half. Took miracles to win those and, two games. And man. then hung on. We did zero in the second half against the Falcons. Zero in the first half. So a, a complete game. You know, try to score. And, and think about this. Ten points. Is that too much to ask in a quarter? And if you do it four quarters in a row, you're not going to lose. So, you know, they need to be efficient. But more importantly, they need to be effective keeping the ball away and keeping our defense off the field. Like you just said, we've played an awful lot of snaps already through three games. And, you know, everybody's got the same dilemma. They don't have offseason and, and preseason and get in shape. We need to be able to protect our defense a little bit this week. Dan and Mark, correct me if I'm wronger. Green Bay, after three games, are they averaging just a tad over 40 points a game? Hang on. In the first three games? Green, but yes. they. Well, hold on a second. Let me, let me double check. They were number one scoring in they, the league last they week. They scored a total of 122 points. You're, you're 43, 42, and 37. That's correct, OB. You are absolutely... So, they're, folks, they're averaging over 40 points a game in the first three games, and they're not playing Detroit... And they're not playing the New York Giants either, folks. Well, That's the big thing. They're playing some pretty good teams. Scoring is up enormously all across the league right now. And a lot of people are saying that's because the defense, because of no preseason, because there's no crowd impacting, making it more difficult for offense to call plays. So people are putting a lot of factors on why scoring is dramatically up this year to this point. Well, if it's dramatically up, the, the, the point is you're playing in the league and things are what they are. And the fact that the matter is that they're averaging just tad over forty points a game. Yep. That it, Danny is. I mean, that's mind boggling. Yep. And and again, it, it a lot of times you can you know complain about it, or you can just make your mind up and say, hey, we're going to have to do the same thing. And you've talked about this for a long time. Get in the game. Let's score. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Ob, you got something? Well, yeah. I was just going to say and go back to what I reiterate what I said a while back. Boy, you you look at Patrick Mahomes tonight, what he's doing, and, and what Rodgers, and look at the good quarterbacks in the league. They make you better. They make the offensive line better because they know on a quick release when to get rid of the ball. They understand the defenses, their reads, and they're accurate passers. And that's what I hope 
Foles will develop into. He he's shown it before. He's won a Super Bowl, and we're three and zero. And I'll tell you what, the Colts are coming in here. We're playing at home, and we could be four and zero, folks. I know some tough teams are coming down the road, but we could get better. Also, who's to say why not? Playing at home, you can have some Bartolini's located at 144th and Pulaski and Midlothian. Bartolini's open seven days a week for dine-in, patio seating, and to-go orders. 708-396-2333. Through two weeks, by the way, just statistically, 186 touchdowns. 182 of those touchdowns came on the offensive side. Those were all records for the NFL in two weeks of football. Sure. So Think about this point differential for the Packers. 122 points scored. Allowed 85. That's almost 40 points. 74 for the Bears, 62 allowed. So we're living on thin margins. We know about how close these games have been. It's been decided essentially on the last play of the game, two out of the three, and almost three out of three. So we need efficient offense four quarters. We do that, we win. You can't ask your defense game after game to win it for you. It's just not going to happen, folks. The rules tell you it's not going to happen, and the play, the actual play of the game, the 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 play calling, et cetera, from team to team, game to game, you try you put your defense, a good defense out there for 16 games and think you're going to win all 16 or come damn close to it, you're not going to do it. The offense has to show up, and what no better time now than when the Colts come in right here because they're, are they a great team? No. But they got a quarterback that can convert on third down and put points on the board. That's what we have to do. Quick timeout. Final segment coming up here. We'll uh, look a little bit more at that indie team and also we'll just have a little bit of a celebration, a three and and0 Bears celebration. Why not? Seven twenty WGN. Uh, last night, as as coaches, and we we talked about some stuff we, about where we were. Um, we got up this morning and went through the tape, and, and at the end of it, uh, we decided that we're going to start Nick Foles uh, as a starter uh, against Indianapolis. I'm telling you, Matt Nagy left Atlanta last night, and he got on that plane, Hampo. He was so damn happy. I, we got it. I did it. I finally moved on. It's like a breakup. He was wanting to get out, wanting to get out, wanting to get out, wanting to get out, and he finally got out. He got out. Well, and, and look, we will see more of Mitchell Trubisky. Will we? we? Will, yeah, yeah, we will. And and you got to think that guys like Anthony Miller and Javon Wims and Cordell Patterson will think, wow. Now, think about Cordell Patterson. He played with uh, Tom Brady. So imagine, you know, going into a game knowing that you have a guy at that position that's capable of so much. And then yet here, you know, you go in with a, instead of a, a, a briefcase full of, of, of plays and, and, and matchup, you know, uh, the, the possibilities. You've got like a little uh, note card that you, you're going to go in armed with just a few little, you know, puny plays. Uh, it should be uh, it should be a revelation. It should be in an exponential way a real live NFL offense that is capable of exploiting defenses, which we we just haven't seen. And your point about Matt Nagy 
getting on that plane thinking, yeah, well, guess what? This is what we've worked for. And he was hired, as he said, he wasn't hired to run the I-formation. Now, sometimes you're required to do certain things, but a lot of what Matt Nagy wants to do, Nick Foles is capable of. And so this should be pretty exciting. Let's get uh, some calls in here before we get on out. 312-981-7200. Appreciate you being patient. James, welcome to WGN. Go ahead. Yeah, hello. Okay. Oh, happy belated, belated birthday, Dan. Thank you. Thank okay. you, James. Okay. Well, one, okay. First, I had two questions. One, okay. Uh, okay. I'll actually have more points. Uh, I, I now benched quarterback. Trubisky really should have stayed that uh, that year that he had that one year that he had left of eligibility. He really should have stayed. He would have had a chance to learn what it's like, what how they work when you don't have the playmakers that you really need. Because he he but he left he he left early because his playmakers were leaving. Interesting. What's your second and one, James? The second, the second point is. Okay, we have to figure our way on defense to stop opponents from just simply running up the gut. Yeah. They, they can't just simply keep running up the gut. If you keep on that, okay, you have to commit pe- extra people to stop it, and then what ends up happening, boom. Okay, opponents, okay, Rodgers will have a fun time with if that if that happens because he'll just simply pick apart the secondary uh like like a uh like like a uh like a, 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 a like somebody with a ginsu blade <laughs> i like that hot knife through butter Th- james thanks for the call james you're exactly right and you know Bela nichols and roy robinson harris they're they're more of a, a pass rusher type of body style and Eddie Goldman obviously he had a lot of what they call you know hit back it was hard to move him they've got to be able to stay lower better techniques stay square at the line of scrimmage and not let those you know those running backs rip through there Adrian Peterson looked like he was 23 again yep and I don't know if that one's going to get a whole lot better though I mean Bill Nichols is going to reinvent They've himself. They've got to. They've got to. And you know what? A lot of times you, you know, it takes a little while, and they don't have uh, okay. you know preseason to work on certain things. But you know, every day in practice, stay lower, stay square, stay you know uh, you know more of a, 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 a hitting position, and don't get turned. A lot of times, pass rushers want to get on the shoulders. Well, that creates lanes. That creates running lanes. You know who doesn't get turned? That's right. It's Jeff Vukovic. He's he's back in that WGN huddle. He's right here. He knows the insurance business. He prides himself on doing it right. Nationwide is on your side. Check out jeffvuk.com. Nationwide is indeed on your side. I You know, I was doing diving in the numbers here since you bring up the third down conversions. The Bears are actually better than their opponents. They're 15 for 42, while, now granted, we're not playing the world beaters here in the Lions, the Giants. Atlanta's got a good offense, though. The, 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 the Bears' defense has held the three teams to 13 for 42, while the Bears are 15 for 42. Mark. Does that excite you, OB? No, it doesn't. Look who that played for. Guys, come on. <laughs> That's like a third. Please. <laughs> Hey, I'm just telling you, we're getting we're getting crushed on the third down conversions, and we've actually done better. So give the defense some credit. That's all I'm saying. As uh, 
you know you look you look at uh, how the, how it all stacks out here statistic wise through three games and it's it's very very tight as you would imagine in three miracles. But uh, all right, we're on to we're on Indianapolis. Ob, you want to give a score for Sunday? No, I'm. That's not one of my. That's not your thing. No, no, it's it's you really not my thing. Bears win, it, but it, it, if the defense continues on, and Folds comes in, he doesn't get hurt, and he will get better, folks. He'll get better from quarter to quarter. The more he plays, the better he'll get. The better the offense will get. The better they'll convert on third down. So I I like what I like Folds being in there. It's the right move. Period. No, no question. Hampo, you want to take a stab at a score? Well, I want to know if he's going to give me my money back. Yeah. Ob. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> two things. Number one, I, I, I spoke of uh, the defense being able to, you know, get off the field. We can't let the Colts, you know, keep converting as you were just talking about the third downs. That's what they like to do, and then all of a sudden they pop up and hit T. Y. Hilton, you know, for a fifty-yarder. We've got to be able to stop them on first, second down, get off you know, the field after you rush a passer on third. But the offense, the offense has got to be able to sustain drives. Flip the tables. We have not been very effective and efficient at it. We've got to be able to keep the ball, possess the ball, keep, them, keep, keep it away. And, that's, it, it, and you know what? The next week against Tampa Bay, it'll be the same thing. Keep the ball away from uh, Tom Brady. Well, and there you go. Let's just hope we can get a little better offensively this coming Sunday against the Colts because, again, some tougher teams are really kind of start coming at us, guys. And if we can get this offense keyed in a little better and get everybody believing and being more positive, it's a, it would be a good thing. So we'll find out. We'll see you a week from Tuesday night. Uh, so 7 to 10. Thank you for being with us tonight. OB, stay safe out there, all right? Absolutely. And all you callers, thank you so much for being a part of our program. We appreciate it. Curtis Koch, thank you so much for producing. Thanks to Glenn Kozlowski, of course, and Adam Hogue. We are here to celebrate a Bears 3-0. Great to be with you. We will see you a week from Tuesday. It's Hampton OB on 720 WGN.